Hello and welcome back to Three Princesses in a Muggle World. My name is Jenny and I am joined as always by my two best friends and co-hosts. Hey everyone, it's Amber. And Casey, welcome back. We hope everybody had an amazing Mother's Day and also amazing Battle of Hogwarts anniversary. Even though the two podcasts before this came out before that day, well... <laughs> Anyways, when we're recording this, it's just a day after the Battle of Hogwarts anniversary, and so that's why I say what I say. <laughs> what are timelines anymore? <laughs> the world is hard, okay? Anyway, yes, it was just the Battle of Hogwarts, and that would have been, I don't think we did the map of that, 24 years? I don't know. So it was nineteen ninety. It was 1998, so yeah, 24 years ago. Yeah, all right, 24 years. Now, on the train of Hogwarts, we are doing a Hogwarts... Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. Sorry. I just realized that was a pun. I didn't mean to do that, but we'll (laughs) roll with it. We're going to roll with it. We are we're doing a Harry Potter centric episode. Well, not necessarily Harry Potter. A uh, a different character who is not our favorite. <laughs> There's some controversy around him, and yeah, uh, but he is in the forefront, and he is basically has his own series at this point. I don't believe it's Fantastic Beasts anymore. It's literally just the Dumbledore show. We're going to be talking about Dumbledore and various theories surrounding Albus Dumbledore. There's some crazy ones. Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. For some reason, it has always cracked me up that his like very last middle name is Brian because everything else is just like so out of the ordinary. And then it's like Brian Dumbledore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I want to know, like, the meaning behind all of his names. Like, why does he have so many names? Well, isn't one of them after his father? I don't know. Probably. I think his father's Percival, if I'm not mistaken. That could be a thing. (laughs) But we have brought back our handy-dandy wheel, where we have put... Um, six different Harry Potter, Dumbledore, Harry Potter slash Dumbledore theories on the wheel, and Casey's gonna spin the wheel, and then we're gonna talk about the theory. Yeah, there, there, there's some crazy and weird and random theories. We just couldn't decide how we were going through it, so we're gonna trust the mighty wheel to guide us. So, shall we venture on to our first Theory? Yes. Do it. Spin that wheel. All right. Let's see. All right. Cool. So this is one that is very confusing, and I want to hear more. So this is the theory that Professor Albus Dumbledore left the infant Harry Potter at the Dursleys specifically to become an obscurus, which. If you are familiar with Fantastic Beasts, that's kind of a big part of Fantastic Beasts is being an obscurist, which is, if you listen to our um, March Madness, we went in depth on that, but basically it's a big, powerful 
entity, scary, magical being. So I'm very curious. This was yours, Amber. Is there any explanation, any more background on that? Okay, so this was in the link that we I put in the document and that I found that was like, it was a list of 15 different Dumbledore theories, and there wasn't a whole lot. It did link to a Reddit post that I didn't actually go and read, but basically the article said that um, somebody came up with the theory that Dumbledore, after seeing how powerful Credence became, because, you know, Dumbledore was around during that, and he witnessed all of that go down and things. And so after seeing, like, how powerful Credence was, this person then believes that Dumbledore then put Harry with the Dursleys in the hopes that he would become an Obscurial because of the fact that um, the Dursleys hated magic so much. And that, and Credence was raised in... um, the time of like the Salem witch trials basically and his the orphanage he was at the ma- the mother of that place the one that ran it she was a very anti magic and that is what kind of led him to be an obscurus and become so powerful and that because of how much he was told that magic was bad and that. so this person then believed that Dumbledore put Harry in that position because of the fact that his aunt and uncle were so anti-magic in the hopes that maybe he would become an Obscurus and be as strong as Credence was and then be able to face Voldemort with that kind of power that Credence had and be even stronger than what he actually was when he had to face Voldemort. So also for those who have not been paying attention, like through our March Madness and different things like that, how you become an Obscurist is, it's pretty much like the opposite of like being a squib, um, in my head anyways, because like squibs like want to do magic and they can't. And an Obscurist is like, they have this magic, but they don't use it. And so it, like, bottles up inside of them until pretty much you explode. Yeah. So, basically, if you did not listen to our last series, what we're doing is we're presenting the theories and deciding if we agree with them or not. And my gut instinct on this one is to disagree with it because J.K. Rowling herself did not know what an Obscurus was back when she originally wrote this. Um, But that does lead to the question... If we're just taking out, if we're just looking at the world itself, why didn't Harry become an Obscurus? Because he was, you know, I I wouldn't put it past, you know, abuse. I wouldn't put it past, I know we know at least Dudley probably went after him physically. I don't know if Vernon would do it, if he'd be too coward. But he was yelled at verbally, probably had some physical, he was locked up. Why didn't he become one? I think it's because, like, the Dursleys didn't really know that he was using magic. So, like, when Petunia cut his hair so that, like, he was pretty much bald except for bangs to cover his scar. And then, like, the next morning, 
he like his hair was fully grown again. I don't think that Petunia's first thought was like, oh, it's magic. I think she's just like, this boy is really weird. So it wasn't like like he got in trouble for it, but it's not like don't use magic. I I I disagree. I mean, they knew that he was a wizard. He knew they had powers. Well, so I think the catch is though. I think the catch is Harry didn't know. It's not that Petunia didn't know. It was Harry didn't know. And that Harry knew nothing about magic. Magic wasn't something that was talked about versus in for Credence. It was he was surrounded by this magic supposedly that these people were preaching about but told it was bad. And so he knew magic existed. He knew what he could do was magic, but he was told it was bad, so he was trying so hard to suppress it. Versus, yes, Harry was in a situation where they were anti-magic, but he didn't have any clue that magic existed. He had no idea that what he was doing was magic. So I don't think... Yeah, and it's not like he was trying to stop himself either. Exactly, because he didn't know to stop himself. He didn't know what was happening was magic. It just was happening, and he couldn't explain it. He didn't realize that he was reading the Half-Blood Prince's handwriting every day since he was in first year. So, yeah. All right, I guess that makes more sense. So, I'm assuming that the theory is Dumbledore did this to use as a weapon against Voldemort. Is that the reasoning behind it? Yes. Okay. Basically, he hoped that Harry would become a more powerful weapon against Voldemort by becoming an obscurus. I also disagree with this, because if this was true, I feel like Dumbledore wouldn't let Harry get a letter to Hogwarts, because literally coming to Hogwarts is teaching him how to use his magic, so he's not bottling it up anymore. So, the only thing is, is with most obscurus, though... That obscurus power ends up coming out before the age of eleven, yeah. and that, and so I still see Dumbledore sending him the letter because he wants him to learn to control that obscurus power to be able to then become an even stronger weapon. Because if he can control it, it's even more deadly, and that, and so. Plus, by that point in time, he also knew that Harry wasn't an obscurus, and so he wanted Harry to have his best chance, and so he's like, yeah, there's your letter, come on, let's get you situated, because it's not happening the other way. Well, plus, there's no way Dumbledore's going to be able to hide not sending him a letter. I mean, everyone knows this child's name, everyone knows how old he is, everyone knows when he's supposed to get his letter, there's no way he can not send it. And he doesn't even send the letters. Isn't it McGonagall that's in charge of that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, if Dumbledore wanted to, though, I'm sure he could be, like, I mean, if it wasn't Harry Potter, obviously. But it's like, I mean, do we really want to send a letter to that person? Like, I'll take care of it this time, Minerva. You don't worry about it. Yeah, if it was a normal student, but we're talking Harry specifically. He's not getting around hiding that. Everybody's, like, doing that countdown. Like, everybody he would have way too many people on him about that situation however i still feel like a lot of the students were still shocked they're like harry potter like yeah it's been about 10 years it's time for me to 
come back. All right. So general general thoughts. I again, the biggest part of me is saying no. I don't buy this because again, she didn't know what what obscurals were at this point. But also, while I can see Dumbledore, I mean, this is what he did, manipulating things to make Harry basically the weapon that kills Voldemort. I don't think he'd go so far as making him an obscural on purpose, especially since I guess now it's canon that his little sister was. Yeah, I don't agree with it. So I think his sis- his little sister always was, and we kind of knew that from the seventh book, but it's more, it's canon that it's got a name to it now because we knew she had add those powers like it talked about it in the seventh book when it talks about like her death and different things like that we knew she had that jk rowling just now has put a name to it and called it an obscurus well i haven't gotten to that part in deathly hollows yet so we'll see what it says like i remember definitely she went through a very traumatic experience which kind of made her unstable which of course if you're emotionally unstable your powers are going to be more unstable but I didn't think it was as big as you know like Credence level Obscurus but well yeah no it never was and each child who's an Obscurus is different and uh, and so and the whole thing like I think I think Ariana is way past the age of 11 I think she's like 14 yeah and you know, it's just, it's most common that most of them, you know, explode before yeah. 11. And so, but it is, Credence shows that it is possible to live past that. Yeah. Um, but. So are you agreeing with it or not agreeing with it, Amber? So, yes and no. Like, because of the fact that, you know, there wasn't a name for this before Fantastic Beasts came out and that and technically even though Fantastic Beasts is a prequel to Harry Potter they were written in the other way around so I don't think that you know JK Rowling wrote it that way and that and so I I don't think that it was meant to be that way but I could definitely see it like I could see that being Dumbledore's thought process and that and be like yeah if I send him to the Dursleys there's a chance he could become an Obscurus and if I do it the right way and I train and I step in at the right moment I can train him to become an even more powerful weapon against Voldemort so no I don't think JK Rowling meant it to be that way but now in hindsight I could see that being Dumbledore's thought process Okay. Well, I think it's time to move on to the next theory. So spin that feel. All right. You can't see it, but I'm doing like little punches as I say spin that (laughs) wheel. It's okay. I do this whole like presentation thing like we're presenting this giant wheel. (laughs) So we're spinning. It's fine. Okay. All right, next up is mine, and it's kind of in the similar vein of Amber's. So this one is this theory, and we've actually brushed upon this a little bit in the past, but essentially Dumbledore let Sirius go to Azkaban on purpose so that he could have more control 
over Harry as he grew up and molding him into a weapon. So, and this comes from, I mean, I kind of had these thoughts before, but um, there's a Reddit post on the Harry Potter Reddit that really dives deep into it. So I'm just going to summarize it a little bit because as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, oh my gosh. So um, this is this is the theory. And it spans from, it comes from that moment because we see Dumbledore really vouches for Severus Snape. We see that multiple times. Oh, he's not a Death Eater. Oh, he was misguided. Oh, he feels really bad about it. You know, he puts a lot on the line to tell of Snape's innocence but he doesn't ever do the same for Sirius Black he just kind of accepts it as it is and it doesn't stand I mean they were in the Order of the Phoenix together they probably worked if not maybe spot side by side and he just takes it at face value that Sirius Black best friend of James Potter basically adoptive brothers would just turn him in that's always never sat right with me so they go on to talk about the conspiracy theory that being that Sirius would have been his guardian and if he had never gone to Azkaban, he would have been in charge of Harry. And that means Sirius would have, you know, raised him first and foremost as a wizard, letting him know all about his parents, all about Hogwarts and stuff and guiding him the best he could and wanting to protect him. Whereas the Dursleys obviously never would have done that. So once Harry comes to Hogwarts, you know, in the books, he's pretty much like a blank slate. He doesn't know anything, which is a perfect opportunity for Dumbledore to mold him however he wants. Whereas if Sirius had been the one raising him, he would have had a decent understanding and knowledge of magic, of Voldemort himself, of everything. And we know that Dumbledore knew of the prophecy that, you know, neither can live while the other survivor. I can't remember exactly how it goes. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> but essentially, it is okay. They would basically have to kill each other, and Harry would have to be the one to stop him. Um, I don't know. I don't think it tells us exactly when Dumbledore realizes Harry's gonna have to die for that to happen. But yeah, basically, it's a land to slaughter, and Sirius would never, in a hundred million years, ever allow that to happen. He would never let Dumbledore do that. Son, so. Yeah, that's that's the theory that he purposely let Sirius go to Azkaban without stepping in. And there's many ways that he could have stepped in, you know, with Deer to Serum, with the spell to see what the wand's last spell was. Uh, he has his pensive where you can pull memories out. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't stand up. He didn't even ask. He didn't even talk to Sirius. He just let him go to Azkaban. And honestly... I mean, I still think it's a crime that he didn't even get a trial. Yeah. Yeah, no trial. And that wasn't solely on Dumbledore. It wasn't Dumbledore saying no trial. That had a big hand in the ministry, but he didn't fight them on that. And, oh, another part, another part is um, Dumbledore can use legitimacy. So he could have read Sirius's mind. And, again, he didn't. He didn't do any of that. He just said, all right, yeah, you probably did it. Mm-hmm. Peace out, man. So I've never, I've never really thought about it like that before. Um, it does make a lot of sense. Um, I do also, sadly, want to throw in the point, though, that Sirius's other best friend just believed it 100% too, though. Like, 
didn't have a problem with Sirius not getting a trial or anything like that. And yes, I'm talking about Remus. And that's why I said sadly, because Remus should have done more. And so, I mean, like, if you look at Remus and then, like, you look at Dumbledore, you could kind of, like, see the point that, like, they just both had the same thought process of, like... Yes, I, I can understand where you're coming from. But let's, let's break it down a little more. Remus was 2021, 20, around that age. He was a child who his best friend James just died. His friend Lily just died. Peter was seemingly dead. He had no one. He is a werewolf. He is an outcast, even in the wizarding world. And in a slim moment, everyone he grew up with, everyone that was there for him is now gone. I can understand a kid crushing under that weight. Dumbledore was not best friends with Sirius, with, with James, with Remus. And he was an adult. He was their mentor. He knew them from 11 years old up. He was not emotionally involved. So yes, I can see that comparison you're making, but when you look at Ramus and Dumbledore together and break them down, it, it doesn't track for me. It doesn't, it doesn't equal for me. Well, and another thing for me with like the biggest difference is the fact that, at, yes, we don't see like Remus like trying to fight for a trial for Sirius. But you've also got to consider the fact he's a because of the fact that he's a werewolf and an outcast in the wizarding world. We're even if he did that, it's not going to have any sway. Nobody's going to care what he has to say. And uh, versus Dumbledore, he sat on the wizard wizard gamon. He was part of how many different trials of Death Eaters. He had a say. People listened to him. If he had questioned Sirius's role and been like, hey, we should give him a trial or we should try this other stuff, the, wiz- the ministry was more likely to listen to him and be like, yeah, you're probably right. We should do that. And he didn't do that. He didn't. He just let it happen. And that versus, you know, I think Remus knew there was no point in fighting the whole no trial thing. And then after so many years of constantly hearing that his so-called best friend did all these things and that eventually you're going to believe it, even though you might try, don't want to, you're eventually going to believe it. And at the same time, yes, Peter was kind of like the, in a sense, third wheel. I know there's four of them, so it doesn't make sense to call him a third wheel, but he was. Like, he was just kind of there, but he still was one of their best friends. He's the fourth wheel on a tricycle. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but he was still one of their best friends, and so it still was a pretty deep betrayal coming from, even coming from him. And so... Ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter what way you look at it, one of their best friends betrayed them. And that, and so is it really that far-fetched to believe that one of their other friends did the betrayal? True. And so, you know, we often look at Remus and be like, we're like, well, he believed his best friend did it. Well, guess what? One of his best friends did. It just wasn't the best friend he thought. 
and that and so you know so kind of random but also on the same vein um have you guys either one of you seen the thing that like Snape was pretty much Voldemort's right hand man like Voldemort trusted Snape and so like just I've seen this on TikTok recently and it really bothers me but it's like Snape was there and he saw that it was Peter he saw that it was not Sirius but because he hated Sirius so much he's just like yep Sirius is a bad guy Mm -hmm. wait what do you mean stop Peter well Peter probably showed up at Death Eater meetings yeah, like the one in the seventh, not the seventh book, the sixth book, seventh book? The sixth. Oh, so you're meaning like later on? Well, not even later on, just... Well, that's why I'm asking, like, what like what book? Like, when he first got converted over to the dark side, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he first joined the dark side, you know, he showed up at Death Eater meetings. Snape would have seen him at those meetings. Well, not necessarily. I mean, okay, even if, like, he didn't see Peter, he also didn't see Sirius. So it's just, like, suddenly, ever, like, they're saying, oh, yeah, Sirius is, like, Voldemort's right-hand man. I could just see Snape being, like, but I thought I was Voldemort's right-hand man. What? Well, and they do make it a point, I think, in Goblet of Fire that no one really knew who was the Death Eater. So, I mean, even though Snape might have been his right-hand man, that doesn't necessarily mean he knew every other Death Eater. That was kind of secret. And we know Voldemort's not trusting. He wouldn't tell. Yes and no. Like, I feel like a lot of the Death Eaters probably knew each other and knew who was Death Eaters. And so I feel like especially... Some of them. Someone who played such a key role in the betrayal of... Lily and that, and Snape knew about that. I feel like he would have known it was Peter. I like there's no proof either way, and that, and so that's another thing that that's another theory that we can debate at a later date. But I do think that I do think he ultimately knew. Yeah, and on on the same vein of that, um, some people have thought that that's actually what drove Regulus to like betraying Voldemort is he saw Peter was straight up betraying his brother and was like, okay, I'm not okay with this anymore. Well, no, it's the reason he betrayed Voldemort is because of how he treated Creature. That was the boundary for him. Yeah. However, going back to Casey's theory, like I said, I've never, I've never actually like thought of it that way, but it does make a lot of sense. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of for it. Yeah, and I think I saw this a long time ago where the reason that he went to bat with Severus is because Severus had use. He could use him, but he couldn't use Sirius for anything. So he let him go. I believe it. Yeah, and I believe it, it too just because of the fact that not only like did it give him more control over Harry, but we see in the fifth book... And that just a little bit before Sirius actually gets killed, we, if you like look at him very carefully and like actually read his lines closely and study and focus just on him, you can realize he's starting to question Dumbledore. He's starting to wonder if Dumbledore is up to something and if 
and he's like some by he do you mean serious yeah like serious was like something was not sitting right with him and you could tell he wasn't really sure or what was going on but something wasn't sitting right with him so i feel like had serious been there from day one and with harry and that he would have picked up on on that a long time ago and would have put a stop to it and been like, yeah, no, you're not sending him to be a lamb to, you're not sending him as a lamb to the slaughter. I'm not allowing that. And so I feel like it not only gave him better control over Harry, but it took Sirius out of the picture and made it so that, you know, Sirius couldn't intervene and stop him. It's interesting you bring that up because, Part B of the theory on the Reddit post was they bring that up and think that Dumbledore kind of manipulated things into killing Sirius. But oh, I fully believe that. I I I fully believe that there was a yeah. I fully believe in that. Okay, do we have time for one more theory? I believe we do, and this is I think a classic. I feel like this is probably the oldest theory that I've at least seen swimming around the internet for the last decade at least. Uh, this is that Dumbledore is just an older Ron traveling from the future to stop Voldemort. And this is Jenny's theory, so anything you would like to expand upon? So, it was interesting because I was looking for different Dumbledore theories. I knew that I had heard several different Dumbledore theories one of them um, is on our list. I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about it. But so I saw this one and I have heard it before, but it was like one of those things where I haven't really thought about it. And then I saw it and um, pretty much it's just like Saron goes through a whole entire timeline and in the timeline Voldemort wins and Saron sees like everything that had gone wrong and then because he already knows everything about time turners, he gets a time turner and he goes back and somehow makes himself younger um, and c- has like come up with this way of defeating Voldemort by using Harry. And so he becomes friends with Harry and, well, no, scratch that. My mind went somewhere weird but so ron's older now and that's why he's dumbledore and he's older sorry my brain just went a really weird place um anyways so i was like you had me and then you lost me so okay so ron has gone let me try this again ron went through the whole entire timeline Voldemort won now ron is old he gets a time turner he goes back in time as dumbledore um and tries to help Harry out. So there is still redheaded Ron, young version who grows up with Harry, but then there's also Dumbledore who is has a great beard and everything. And um apparently a lot of this theory comes from how they have a lot of the same like physical features as well as like they both have like a bum knee or something like that. Like there's something wrong with their knee. What? I'm just telling you what I read, okay? <laughs> but also apparently in this theory, like, Dumbledore was a redhead, which, I mean, if you've seen Fantastic Beasts, he is not. But um, not that we can go by different actors and what they look like. 
Well, he also went from wearing a smart, snazzy three-piece suit to wearing robes. So, you know. <laughs> okay, guys, I keep telling you this. You guys don't get what teaching does to you. There comes a point where you just lose everything. You don't care anymore. Okay, too much effort to look nice. So, yes, comfy pajama robes for the win. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, these still count as work clothes. We're good. Anyways, <laughs> so that is the theory. Um, quite honestly, both of my theories that I wrote down, I just wrote them down because I thought they sounded interesting, not because I believe them, which I'm starting to feel like you guys kind of believe the theories that you came up with, um, which is fine. I just don't really believe the theories that I wrote down. So I don't really believe that Ron is Dumbledore or that Dumbledore is Ron. But I think it is definitely something interesting to think about. So real quick for clarification, it, it's Ron has grown up, come back and changed his name to Dumbledore. Or there is an Albus Dumbledore, but he's taking his place. He's like, he Barty Crouch Jr. him. No, he's come back and changed his name. Okay. So, first of all, my biggest issue with that one is it doesn't work because of, like, we see with time turners, you know, they don't necessarily change the past. They just, it just seems like it changed because we think that Buckbeat is killed, but it but Buckbeak was never actually killed. And so, like, for me, I'm just like, I don't see how that would work. Like, I feel like that would... I feel like messing with that timeline that much would somehow, like, mess up Ron's future and that. So that alone, to me, makes me go, mm, no. And... And that, but the other thing is, is you guys are both saying like this is a classic. This is my first time ever hearing this one. Really? I'd never heard this one before. No, never heard this one. I've seen it floating around for quite a while. Yeah, never heard this one before, but I absolutely do not agree with it. I do. It does like it does not work out because you know the minute that history would have changed. It would have affected Dumbledore to the sense of possibly making it so he wasn't even in existence. And so suddenly, like, Dumbledore just disappears. And I'm like, mm, no, that doesn't work. And the fact that he died in the past also messes stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me started on, don't get me t started on time change and time, I just... Whenever I start thinking way too much about, like, changing time or going back in time, time travel, that's the word I was looking for. It just, like, hurts my head because I'm just like, but, but technically. Anyways, so. My thoughts, um, like I said, I've seen this theory along the internet quite a while, and I've never liked it. I just, like, ugh, no, that's ridiculous. Now I'm kind of understanding why I don't like it. So I've mentioned I'm currently rereading Deathly Hollows right now. And I'm at the point, well, I'm just past the point that Ron has left the group temporarily because he is so frustrated. He is so mad. 
he went off on his little diva thing of, I thought you would know something. I thought Dumbledore would tell you something. You know, that whole spiel. I just can't buy, after seeing that anger, that outburst in him leaving, he would grow up, come back, and then leave him in that position and not tell him anything. You know? Yeah. I feel like if he did that, he's going up, he's grabbing Harry, and he's like, you listen to me at 11 years old on the train. You are going to do this and this and this. Remember this. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going to be very detailed because he's going to remember that feeling of absolute hunger in the forest, which that's really what his whole gripe is. He's, he's hangry. Um, man's needs a Snickers. <laughs> and he's not going to forget that. I do think, like... I think some of the people's point, though, is that, like, Dumbledore seems to know a lot about the trio that, like, nobody's really ever told him about. Like, you're talking about when Ron leaves, and later on, when he uses the Deluminator to get back to them, Ron says so himself. He's like, it's almost like Dumbledore knew that I was going to leave, and Harry's like, no, he just knew that you were going to come back. And so it's like, I feel like that's also why people are like, oh, you know, Dumbledore is from the future and he knows all this that happened. Well, I think that the other thing you've got to realize is, especially because, you know, there's the theory that we didn't get to and it's not even on our list, surprisingly. The joke that Dumbledore sits in his office all day shipping students. Yes. (laughs) And that. And so along that same lines of he's shipping the students, it means he's basically spying on them. And that, which that part's just weird and creepy. But ultimately, because he does that, he knows Ron's personality. I mean, teacher, teachers do it, though. Right? Right, Casey? Teachers ship their students. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I, I don't have the energy. Um, but I do want to point out that there is house elves all over Hogwarts and they don't notice them until they actually see them. So very possible that he uses house elves to spy and report back to him. Yeah. And so, like I said, he knows Ron's personality and that, and he also knew he was leaving them with very little information. And so he knew, based off of Ron's personality from spying on them, <laughs> that, you know, that would possibly be something that could happen. And, like, he probably didn't know all the exact details, but he knew that, you know, Ron might need a little guidance in getting back because he might need a break from them. Yeah. He could, like, I feel like. It's fairly obvious and written out that Ron would do something like that. Like, we see him check out several other times in the series. Like, times where he's like, I'm done with you. And so, you know. Harry says it himself. Ron's had a pretty pampered life. He's never had to go without anything. I mean, it may not have been the nicest of stuff, but he's never had to go to bed hungry. He's never had to be yelled at and, you know, abused in different ways. He, he's kind of had a, a good life, so he's not used to roughing it. Yeah. Although I have seen some people that say that, like, Molly was slightly mentally abusive without meaning to be. No. I, so along those lines of, 
And I feel like she is your typical mother for that day and age. And not to say anything bad against moms from that era. But a lot of them, without really fully realizing it, were definitely, would now in days, probably be considered abusive. Yes. Was she meaning to be? Absolutely not. Was she like the worst mom out there? Absolutely not. Did she say some things and drive her children to be successful? Absolutely. And so, you know, it just depends on how you look at it. But in a way, yes, she could be seen as having been abusive at times. Okay, so real fast, just to get a yes or a no, is Ron and Dumbledore the same person? No. 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 Just no. Flat out, no. Okay, and I think that wraps up our time for tonight. Yes. Yeah. So tune in for a part two, because there will definitely be a part two, because there's we each have two theories on our list. Plus, if we really wanted to, there could probably be a three and a four, because there's still tons of theories out there that we didn't even touch. There's so many theories, guys. <laughs> yeah. So... So drop drop your opinions on the theories we did talk about. Do you agree, disagree? And let us know some of your own theories that you might have about Dumbledore, especially since, you know, new Fantastic Beasts just came out. I'm sure you can go crazy. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure you can go crazy and theorize even more stuff. So let us know. what What's your crazy or random or whatever it is, maybe, whatever adjective theory on Albus Dumbledore share it with us. Maybe it will pop up in part two. Yes, please let us know and as always, have a magical week. Until next time, bye! Bye! Bye!